This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, what do you have on tap for us today? Well, as I said last time, we're not actually done with Kieran Gylan because, well, all of the uh, stuff, all the relevant, um, like, you know, issues and tie-ins for his um, big event series for Marvel, um, Judgment Day, have finally um, hit Marvel Unlimited. So I was able to reread them and reread them over the past, past couple of weeks. It's like, because, because, you know, it's, you know, Gallen had said that, you know, he wasn't actually coming back to Marvel unless he was given, like, the keys to, like, a, you know, big, big franchise. And he was given the keys to two, actually. He was given, like, he was actually, uh, he and Asad Rubik, um were given, like, the license to start a new Eternal series, like, at Marvel, just in time for the new movie to come out, which, you know, the movie, you know, was all right. And I think that, you know, if anything, it has a really, really great um, cliffhanger or set up for a cliffhanger rather than you know, an actually great you know movie but um but Gylan and Endervik did the, did a good job of like you know spelling out their case for a new like new run of Eternals in the sense that you know it's like you've got these um unchanging beings who've got who are guided by three um, distinct principles protect celestials um it's like protect the machine which is like the uh, machine that is that is earth and also correct excess de- um, deviation, which is basically you know cr- prevent um, deviance from going out of control. And they went decided to go and upend these things by by revealing that not only um, were like were like Eternals like you know fueled by human lives because whenever a, an Eternal dies, a random human is chosen to to die in order to re- to, re- to resurrect them. But also it was revealed that the that the deviants were like the real um, you know, source of um, wonder and progress, like you know, for the for the eternal machine. It's like you know, while deviants were like initially like thought to be just you know like like change like constantly changing you know monsters, you know, they're actually revealed to be like hey, you know, they're just like you know ones who just keep like finding new ways to um, present themselves like with within the eternal machine, and the, the eternals are just meant to like safeguard that fact, even though it's like you know, it's like some eternals, some deviants just go crazy and just mutate out of control and that's what the Eternals are, are meant to protect protect against. But the Eternals just, you know, kind of view, view themselves as the good guys, you know, the against the bad guys are meant to get them in check and, you know, these first two volumes were just basically all about espousing this, this fact. Now, I thought these first two volumes were pretty good. It was my hope that, you know, hey, you know, it was like after years of trying that, you know, Marvel would Finally, have um, like given given the Eternals like a strong enough creative team in order to give grant them a uh, you know like like strong enough commercial presence to like tell allow them to tell the story they wanted to you know as opposed to like you know most of them being cut off at the knees you know back back to them when they were with Jack Kirby and oh and also that time that Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. took a crack at them lasted all you know. They did their seven issue miniseries and they said, okay, everyone else can have a crack at them. And the Fall of Eternal series lasted all of nine issues. There you go. So Eternals have kind of sort of always been commercial poison with Marvel. And I was hoping that, you know, like Gillen's take, Gillen and, and Rubik's take would be um, enough to like allow them to, uh, you know, like tell a story that was, that, you know, that would allow them to, like, you know, like last beyond just you know like say you know 12 or 18 issues there you go but well 
all this, all that their take wound up lasting was 12 issues and an event. Because Judgment Day is what followed after on the second volume of Eternals. Because because Gillen, being the consummate unprofessional that, that he is, um, knew that you know he was that that things are leading into this event, and so basically involves um the uh, the second volume of Eternals basically involves um Drig, um the most duplicitous of the Eternals, being elected um, Prime Eternal in the wake of his 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 role in the defeat of Thanos or rejecting Thanos, yeah, that Thanos as the uh, Prime Eternal, like. Now he's the prime eternal, and he's but you know he's kind of like a compromise candidate. Like people like you know realize that okay, well he's better than the other ones we've got, but you know he's still but Druig is still kind of like untrustworthy and kind of a dick. So like we're just gonna keep him along until we can keep him around until we can find someone else who is better in charge. So Druig thinks about oh, okay, what can I do to short my position? Hey, wait a second, you know, correct excess deviation. Like what? What other like you know people on Earth deviate a whole lot? Mutants. Yeah, that's right. Because volume volume two ends with Druig realizing that you know the that the mutants mutants on Krakoa have really deviated a lot from their initial from from their initial standing. Now, not only are they like you know calling a lot of shots on Earth these days, well they've also spread beyond Earth to the to to Mars as well. Like doesn't that count as deviation? I think it does. And while Drig's initial plan is to just, you know, nuke them with, um, like, an animator device, well, that conflicts with the, uh, with whether their second principle, that you know, protect the eternal machine, which is Earth. So after, um, like, Drig, you know, like, start, Drig and his, like, um, assistants start bleeding from the eyes after enacting that plan, they realize, okay, it's time to go to, go to war. We're going to like you know correct excess, the excess deviation that is the uh, that is Krakoa, and here we go. So that's the start of Judgment Day. It's it's not a uh, like years seated in advance um, storyline uh, like of the kind that um, let's say uh, um, Jason Aaron's on um, War of the Realms was, but it's also not the kind of like you know hey you know this kind of springs up right out of nowhere a business that that was say like you know the eight. It's like the age of Ultron. It's like or it's like or um fear fear itself just to pull some some random like subjects right on my ass as well. So like the but thing is like you know like the Eternals fighting the fighting the mutants only lasts for like for the for like a, like the first two issues like of this um six issue miniseries. Now I say it's a six issue miniseries. That's not counting. All the tie-in stuff that's also relevant to like like enjoying the main plot as well, which and I do say enjoy because I didn't I did like this, even though it's like you know I did have the advantage of like being able to like read all of the like, main series and all of its relevant tie-ins because you know like well the uh, it's like well well the Eternals like you know throw out their uh, like throw out their big guns they say like their their um psychic unimind where all the Eternals like join together and engage in like, their own psychic assault against, you know, but they've also got the other X-Men, you know, like, their big psychic guns. It's like, so basically you've got, like, them tying up the biggest big, biggest guns as well, and also, like, some like, certain, like, um, Eternals just, you know, being able to be stealthy enough to take try and take out the uh, five, who are the um, chief architects of the Resurrection Circuit, like, on like on Krakoa. It's like, there's, there's all sorts of that, 
all sorts of business like that because Gillen, like he's one of the current arc, main architects of like of the X line with his work on it's like on Mortal X Men. It's like so he's so he's got like like a good handle on both sides of the conflict here, like just like you know spell out how things how things are going to go. It's like and while the first issue is just all about you know everyone getting you know no getting their getting their fight on. I mean the X Men and the in the Eternals just you know like like duking it out. Like over, like on the shores of Krakoa and in its like you know in its psychic skies as well and the and the Avengers are just showing up trying to uh, you know do their best to like make sure like you know no one like you know murders each other permanently which is kind of funny because both sides are kind of like eternal in this point. Well, the uh, the big thing comes in issue two when like when like. It's like when one group of Eternals, basically like the kind we've been following, um, like in Guyland's series, it's like specifically led by by Ajak, um, realize that okay, you know this 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 is going nowhere. If we're going to like find a uh, like a like a uh, like an end to this conflict, we need to like find a way to like supersede um, Druig's role as a Prime Eternal. We need to build a new god, and by new god we mean an actual new celestial. And it turns out that hey, you know we've Got a celestial. It's like it turned out that, that the celestial that the Avengers have been living in as part of Jason Aaron's run on the on the title. So they uh so so Ajak, um, like the Eternal's high priest, this is important to note that she's their high priest, Ajak, um, and her and her subordinate Makari basically um decide to recruit, you know, to, like Tony Stark, um, Phaistos, the um, chief um um engineer of the Eternals, and God help us, Mister Sinister, to um like to build like a uh, like a new proper proper celestial in order to give them new rules in order to like hopefully like end this um um needless war between the eternal the Eternals and the mutants. And you know it's like yeah it's like um recruiting Mister Sinister is definitely a bad move in general. But you know the fact that you know hey it allows um Gillen to uh. Right, more of like you know this um, supremely witty, witty bastard that he, whose interpretation who has um, thankfully emerged as the definitive um, version of the character. It's like that's not that's not necessarily a a bad thing as far as like you know people enjoying this. If you're enjoying the story, if you're meant to enjoy the story, it's like this is this is actually this is actually pretty good because like even though like Sinister is just like thoroughly in it for himself and also to troll you know anyone who believes hit. Believes him to be, believes him to be, um, like his better, like over the course of the series. Then yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's like, and I and I love that, over, like over the course the course of the series, even if it's just you know, like I wouldn't say it's like you know, this is sort of like like the core of the story, but it's a it's a lot of fun at least. But the thing is, like they actually do succeed in building this new god, and well, this this god looks at them and says, okay. Stop fighting, cease, and now you have twenty-four hours to justify yourselves because this new um so this new celestial god has basically looked at looked them in and said, "You are terrible." It's like you are terrible. You're a bunch of terrible people. You have not um like just justified your existence. So I'm just going to give you twenty-four hours to prove that you are you know worthy of continuing on. And just to like drive on the point. Like he, the first person he judges is Captain America, and says that like, you have done your best to try and inspire people for decades, and the world is is now worse 
It's like after you have lived in it, you have failed. So that kind of gives you the um, impression of like you know, how things are going here. It also gives the uh, series, like the spinoff series and the tie-ins, like the uh, like the like their raison d'etre for like how they're going to tie in the series. Basically, how do they react? How do the characters react um, to being judged by this new new celestial? And one of the things that um, that um, Judgment Day gets right is that you know it actually gives you know the uh, like this giant like uh, antagonist like more of a personality than 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 you expect because Guylan actually like you know writes him like writes him monologuing from the uh, first for this issue because he's presented as a proper god and like so he's basically able to exist past like in front of his proper existence and also after his quote-unquote demise as well so he's basically like you know kind of like you know like narrating and commenting commentating on this like the series from the start and that's that's kind of that's really interesting also interesting is the fact that um Gallen also focuses on six um different um different um humans over the course of the series and like from there for how they um react to the uh to, to the events as well some are just you know oblivious like to like to the to the goings on, others like you know are like deeply invested, uh, like and some are just kind of like you know just you know, hey you know it's like I realize what's going on, but hey, aren't the heroes going to save us? You know it's like it's it's a nice unique perspective and one doesn't get explored as often as you expect in these, it's like in these events, and you know like there's also and overall it's like you know there's a lot of interesting like you know twists the series takes, such as you know. Like, like seeing everyone like how everyone reacts reacts to being judged and also the emergence of like you know ways to try and like you know subvert the expectations such as the uh revelation that oh wait a second um one of the uh internals uh, in the exclusion the uh, eternal prison is a uh, star fox now star fox was an avenger like um someone who like had the power of love and was reinterpreted by uh, dan slot in his um she hulk run as kind of like a uh it's like a living as a living roofie basically someone who was just like you know was able to make you fall in love with him like like whether or not you whether or not you wanted to now on one hand it's like i understand that interpretation but i actually kind of like um gallon's attempt to like push back about push back against that as someone who like is basically the embodiment of of love not just not just like hey he's gonna make you fall in love with you but just you know wants to make you believe in, in optimism, believe you can be believe a better person. And he does that in like a in in like in a Star Fox centric tie tie issue as well as the uh, series itself. But also the tie issue also has art by um Daniele Di Nicolo who um illustrated three great volumes of Seven Secrets. So yeah, it looks great as opposed to being um written written quite quite well as as well. But the thing but I guess like one one problem with the series is that if you're not reading the some of the tie-ins, you're probably not going to get the uh, the whole story as well, because like like I said, you've got um like that that Star Fox issue, but you've also got Death of the Mutants, which is like basically um, issues thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen of Gylan's um, Eternals runs run, where basically you find out what um Icarus um on Faso Sprite. Um, Thena, Circe, and the rest of the gang are doing, you know, like 
like in like in the mar- in the margin of the, of the series, and this works. And you know, like this actually, I, they, and they add like some pretty some pretty good you know like stories, which is the, which is when Amicaris you know actually decides to be clever for once instead of just being thoroughly straightforward. It's like I'm gonna like hit the thing that's you know like um being the problem. Like he decides like hey you know like why don't we actually like you know try to uh, be something else instead of being like you know Eternals. So that's that's pretty clever for the first issue. But we also get like stuff stuff like a uh, min like a uh, min sign the uh it's like whoop it's like the uh the big flaming um like I remember the hex which is like the uh, giant kaiju like eternals um being uh it's like you know it's like like being like you know the flame of creativity but also just you know talking to a uh like human about like the works of Sylvia Plath and all it's like that's that's kind of fun as well and then also the uh the human machine which um Gan is presented as a as a quirky quirky um weird um like funny like um funny voice of the earth who also thoroughly loves deep space nine it's like also like you know has its um its moments as well especially in the third issue where um it's being um or it's being corrupted by the uh like like um by, by the uh, by, by this new eternal eternal celestial god it's like and it's like as this god is just telling him that you will self-destruct as i've told you to and the uh, eternal machine basically says no i won't because that's not because the eternals the uh, the the uh, principles say you know I will, I will protect celestials i will not obey them and just like hey and it's like you know and the celestials like yo hey this, i don't care it's like you're gonna do what i tell you to like or else you will die and um the eternal machine basically says come at me bro which is great <laughs> just that kind of that kind of irreverence you know like is it's strewn throughout the series and that that's what makes it a lot a lot of good fun it's like but like i said you're gonna need to read um these uh like these tiny issues and i gotta admit it's like you know yeah i don't want to like keep coming out and say hey you know like marvel limited is like a really great value it's like if you read as much comics on it as i do but it's really great when you're um just you know when you want to like, you know look at an event series and just read all the time stuff. I mean, not all the time stuff is worth reading. I mean, yeah, the uh, X the uh, X Men issues are fine. The Wolverine stuff is fine as well. But do we really need four issues of Craven um, sticking on to a Krakoa to uh, like like to uh, um, fight to prove, to prove his worth to the uh, to like to the Prime Celestial? Even involves him carving a half even half-eaten Deadpool out of a polar bear. It's like, I don't think, we, I don't think we need, we did that, but it's like, but I do appreciate the fact that, you know, I was able to read through all the tie-ins and make that decision on myself for free or not for free, but for, you know, it's like close enough to free, but I will say that, you know, when it comes to like the tie-in stuff, the stuff that you're not going to get when you buy that, like, say the, uh, uh, like the X, the, uh, like the uh, the Judgment Day on collection, which collects the uh, you know the six issue mini uh, event series plus the uh, three um, like uh, like um, between issue five and six tie-ins, um, uh, Avengers, X Men, and Eternals uh, one like one shots, which are basically like you know spotlight issues on Tony Stark, Jean Grey, it's like and uh, and Ajax. 
like of the Eternals. It's like they're and they're all they're all good. They are good like you know character like character stories, and they they help to underline the fact that you know the characters who pass their uh, their their respective um, trials, their tests by the Prime Eternal, are basically the ones that are more like self aware about their limitations more more than anything else. But you know it's like in terms of like actually necessary tie-ins, well. I would say that you know, not all of like some of the Gallen rights is is necessary. I mean, the Immortal X Men stuff um, is good. I mean, like I, I appreciate like the insight into uh, it's like uh, it's like um, Exodus Exodus's mi- mindset in in issue five, and also um, Sebastian Shaw. It's like in like uh, issue six where especially revealed that you know he's got. Like he's basically kind of he's kind of a bastard, but you know he more more than anything else he resents being judged by the uh, person that by the image that the uh, celestial sends him to be judged by. That's kind of what sets him off to be a kind of a slightly better person when he's discussing things with with uh, with Star Fox, like you know later in the issue. But then there's also like issue seven, um, which basically is like the spotlight up, um, it's like on Nightcrawler. And well, that's him just, you know, trying to be his, like, you know, usual dapper chipper self, like in the spot of, like, you know, Apocalypse. It's also kind of kind of crucial in the sense that you won't wonder, like, well, why does Orcus show up like, f- um, fighting against the, uh, the Celestial Lips in issue six? Well, he's got, that's that's um, Immortal X-Men issue seven has the uh, explanation there. Also, if you're wondering why, uh, like, why uh, Magneto shows up to a nuke um, like Uranus, the uh, like the, the most evil and diabolical of the of Eternals. It's like in this, it's like it's like in issue five, no, no, issue four. It's like it's like then you've got to read um, X Men Red issues um five five and six five six and seven. In fact, um, these are probably the most crucial tie-ins um, to like to the series because like they also they offer like you know specific um, explanations as to why. Uranus gets like defeated and why he needed to be defeated. It's like in it's like in the first place. And also, um, but also like in that that regard, um let's see, uh oh, Legion of X issue six is also kind of imperative because it shows you like, well, why did uh um Legion or David Haller fail when he went when he went toe-to-toe against Uranus, like in the margins of of those um X-Men red issues. Well, like Simon Spurrier um, has a certain amount of contempt for being asked to uh, con- con- be asked to um, participate in these uh, like like in, the, in these crossover issues, but he actually does have a um, nicely subversive take on you know like on how um, how how um, David would would contribute contribute to this because it's not because he's like you know looking to subvert his dad, looking to help his dad. No, it's looking it's because you know his dad's. Um, most um, most notable um, adversary, Magneto, basically asks him, you know, I need you to hold the line while we while we take down take down Aranos because we've got the plan. And David, you know, is just kind of like resentful of the fact that you know I didn't, you know, I'm I'm still around, I'm alive, but I didn't get the hero's death. Is it wrong for me to re- to resent that? And that's the margin he's judged by. And you know, like the ultimate judgment he gets, he's not reassured by. So it's that was. So I, I like that, and also the uh, 
X-Men Red Issues also like, you know, further the overall story of the series. It's, it mentions that actually furthering the story of the series will also contributing meaningfully to the, uh, like, like to the, um, store, to the, um, crossover plot, like as, as it is, because I mean, it, it also tells you, because these X-Men Red Issues also, um, work to, um, it's like to, um, remove, um, Iska the Unbeaten from the, uh, like from the Great Ring while also, um, exploring like the, uh, like the limitations of her of her powers because even though like you know she can't be beaten that's what her mutant power is well it doesn't mean she can't that she can't actually win in certain like in certain conditions and that's and um and Ewing defines like some really um clever ways to like you know like to illustrate to illustrate that oh and also uh like cape at the end at the end of issue seven the epilogue is um Wizkid and, and cable finding out that um brand is it appears to be actually working with orcus and cable is not happy about this and it's a, a great one page reveal that that i thought worked worked really well but in order to read this you're not just going to buy um one volume of x-men red you have to buy volumes one and two because that's how the uh, tie-ins are split split apart split or split over it but that's not a bad thing because x-men red is really good and you should, you should go ahead and go ahead and read and read both both volumes. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it's seeing it's continuing on to a third third volume. Maybe it's a concluding volume that's still more than um, what um, Sword got, like for its two for its two volumes, and that was fantastic. But overall, it's like I do I did enjoy this um, like this event because like the because uh, the finale uh, does actually you know find a way to uh, you know find a way to cleverly defeat the uh like this um new like eternal eternal celestial god it's like and yeah even if like that kind of defeat was was a foregone conclusion um like gauntlet at least finds a and uh, finds a nice way to uh, pull, like to pull that off and throughout the uh the main main event um Val valerie artist valerio shitty um who's done great work you know on sword and also on you know tiles like inferno and uh, in on Hickman's, um, it's like um, it's like new New Avengers and more. It's like he like he's done like he she does like like great great stylish you know epic art that conveys the scale of the uh, like of the story being told here. It's like and it's like and he's a he's a real asset to like to the to the story being being told here. It's like I mean if they want and, you know he also worked on uh, like Empire as well, but you know so hey if Marvel just want he's Throwing like you know a list work at him like he's a guy that just you know like um can like you know, can can hack it definitely and even though it's like you know the uh the end of the series just kind of like can maybe a bit melodramatic in the sense that it is on AK you are still being judged every day with a thumb being held sideways and slightly vibrating in order to imply that hey you know like you're the the thumb by this new the newer like eternal celestial god, that like, you know, is um all always on um, being judge judgmental and watchful. Well, there you go. But it and it also and it also like you know wraps up with this like omega issue that um well it's like you know it basically like you know spells that it's basically like, kind of a final like Gillen's final thoughts on like like on the Eternals, and it's one of those cases where like you know he 
tries to show that you know, these uh, Eternals you know can change and that they have changed under under his watch. But at the same time, you know, like any like further development of this is going to be like done from like some other like like series because he's not writing them like like for the future, and there's no new Eternal series like on the horizon. So maybe this will stick. Maybe we'll, maybe it won't. But overall, it's like I it's like I enjoyed it. It's like and even if you know it's like the uh, like the overall changes for that um that Gillen puts forth here aren't um you know like lasting and sticking i still enjoyed what he did here it's like, and i do recommend picking up the main series at least um you can also pick up the uh, companion which has the uh, death to mutants and omega and um star fox um issues and and more but really it's like you'd also want you're also going to want to pick up x-men red on um, volumes one and two um two is has not been released yet but i do recommend it because no, X-Men Red is fantastic. And hey, it's like it's more of a chance for, for Al Ewing to write more of um, um, Roberto da Costa. It's like which he did so, so well in his new Avengers series. And that's I think that's enough of a reason as as it is. But overall, it's like Avengers, Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day. It's definitely one of the better like events I've seen. I've read from Marvel. Like, even though it's like, yeah, you're probably going to want to like you're going to be like left like uh like uh probably spending a lot in order to like depend how you're gonna like pick up pick up and read all this um stuff like for the main series and its tie-ins so there you go well you know um sounds like something i'll be picking up so <laughs> i mean it sounds interesting yeah interesting it was it's like yeah i like i said i recommend it but you know it's like you got to be kind of invested in like that ongoing narrative of the Marvel Universe, or if if you're just someone who really liked you know what Gallen was doing on Eternals, then this is the finale to it. So you got to read this in order to get that finale. Sweet. Okay, you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Or Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Well, okay. Yeah, no, no, Lewis and Clark. Holy cow! I totally misunderstood what you said. Um, so yeah, that's that changes. That, that that's that's a totally different thing. You're talking about yeah. the explorers, right? Yeah, and it turns out, you know, like hey, they're 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 explore, explore exploration of the uh, Western United States actually had more in common with the X Files than anything else. Oh wow! Well, hey, cool. I can't wait to hear uh, what you have on that review next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, ladies, everyone. See ya.